Food is the language everyone speaks, but do we truly understand it? Between the conversations over organic food and GMOs, different diets taking the world by storm, and how what we eat actually impacts our environment, there's no shortage of things to learn about. Hi, I'm Karel Vega. And I'm Cheryl Kirschenbaum, and this is Serving Up Science. Water is something we haven't discussed much on Serving Up Science, but it's critically important in agriculture and so many aspects of our lives and our world. Joining us by Skype today to talk about water is Dr. Jay Famiglietti, director of the Global Institute for Water Security at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon, Canada. Welcome to Serving Up Science. Thanks for having me. Now, we call our home planet Earth, but planet water would be more appropriate given over 70% of the planet's surface is water. Can you tell us a little bit about how much of that is fresh water and why that's the part that's so important? Well, it's important because that's the uh, that's the stuff that that helps us survive uh, and and flourish, and it turns out to be just a very small fraction of uh, of all the water that covers the earth. About ninety seven percent is ocean water or saline water, and only three percent is fresh water. Of that three percent, most of that is frozen. Um, about a third of that is groundwater, and only about 1% of, uh, of this 25 to 3% of, of fresh water uh, is the surface water that we see in, in rivers and lakes. So it's a tiny amount of water, uh, and so of course it's precious. Historically, have we been paying attention to water abundance, and how have things been changing? Um, Historically, we really haven't been paying that much attention to water quantity, except, of course, when there's a flood or a drought. Um, And that's because I think uh, with respect to population, we almost haven't had to. But I would say over the last couple of decades with the uh, growth in population and, of course, with climate change and the increasing frequency of flooding and drought, we're starting to see uh, much more attention being paid to water uh, quantity and and how that distribution of available fresh water is changing. This is Serving Up Science. We're speaking with Dr. Jay Famlietti, director of the Global Institute for Water Security at the University of Saskatchewan, about the future of water. And what have you observed? I know you're working with satellites to see what's still available and where things are headed. Well, that picture that comes out of our satellite work is is pretty compelling. Uh, if you think about a map of the globe, imagine uh, 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 a map in which the high latitudes all across uh, North America and Eurasia and the low latitudes, the global tropics, are getting wetter. And in between, the already semi-arid and arid regions of the world are, are getting drier. So we are seeing the wet areas of the world get wetter and the dry areas of the world get drier. On top of that, we have these uh, almost hotspots for uh, water, I call it water insecurity, places where there's massive amounts of groundwater depletion that's happening in over half of the world's major aquifers, places where glaciers uh, are melting in Alaska and Patagonia and on the, of course, all around the Himalayas. And then, of course, the Greenland and Antarctic ice sheets uh, are melting away at a rapid clip and, you know, in the news right now because of the excessive heat melting, melting quite rapidly. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is that uh, water security globally, um, I think, is much more fragile than people realize. Now, Jay, we've been colleagues for a long time, and you memorably once told me that when it comes to fresh water, we're hosed. 
And I've, I've used <laughs> that in a lot of talks since. Uh, so I'm asking you to leave all of us with a reason you are still hopeful about the future of water. So there's a lot of reasons why I'm still hopeful. I think maybe the biggest one um, is that we are seeing this uh, current generation of young people, college students, be uh, uh, and high school students, and even in you know even uh, middle school and grammar school students are are really engaged in climate change and really engaged in the environment in ways that their parents or their grandparents were back in the 60s and the 70s. And so, you know, we took a lot of time off uh, from uh, 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 the sort of grassroots environmental uh, movement. And uh, I think it's great to see that return. The other thing, and this is, comes from my experience in California, it's very uh, rewarding to see in a, in a state like California when everyone, uh, so, uh, you know, elected officials, stakeholders, water managers, the media, uh, academic researchers, when everyone um, focuses on a single problem, in this case, groundwater depletion in California, um, and, and everyone works on it together, positive things can come out of it. And I'm really referring to the passage of the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act in California in 2014, which was uh, really a giant collaboration um, across again, across academics, government, stakeholders, uh, NGOs, and it had a really positive outcome. If we can reproduce that in different uh, hotspots for water insecurity around the world, we'll, we'll be in much better shape. We've been speaking to Dr. Jay Familietti, director of the Global Institute for Water Security at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon, Canada. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Serving Up Science is produced in association with Food at MSU.